Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Mid-Off, because by midway through, you'll probably want to switch off. I'm your host, Ross. Let me introduce the team. The boy from the wrong side of the tracks, come good. Welcome, David. Ross, lovely to hear your voice again. Um, it's been a long fortnight without you. Um, how's the sunset going, mate? Are you enjoying it up there? It's crimson. Yes, it's very mm. nice. <laughs> As I look out the the vista that is um, in front of me at the Alex Dillon Studios. <laughs> a man who has said Dave Warner models his game on, and our man with his ear to the ground on all things local cricket and club politics. Welcome, Michael. Hello, gents. Uh, hello, Mick. Australia's number one Nathan Lyon fan and our groundskeeping guru, welcome Alex. Hello everyone. Alex. Alex. Hello again. Today we come to you from the Twin Studios. As mentioned, I'm in the Alex Doolan Studios and the rest of the crew are in the concrete bunker that is the Mick Lewis Studios. This is a Big Lug production brought to you by our host of, our increasing host of financially viable sponsors, <laughs> the gold medal soft drink company, Collins Class Submarine. Dick Smith, Masters, Pizza Haven, Barnacle Bills, Ollie's Trolley, Bilo, Franklin Supermarkets, Tucker Bag, Pocket Mail, Hey, Pocket Mail, Chopper Art, Lazy Dish, Flash Drives, and of course, all our podcasts are recorded onto high quality Betamax. Hey, Ross, I think there's yeah. now a bidding war too for uh, the services of the Mid Off Cricket Podcast. Yeah. Um, we're, we're in talks with Smorgies and Sizzlers, um, <laughs> and I, I think they're trying to play off each other to see who can, uh, who can get their name on that ever-growing ever, well, ever viable sponsorship. It's, it's funny oh. you say that, because Pastor Pronto will give me a call. <laughs> Not Pastor Pasta. Well, let's get Pasta those two on each other, too. Were they called Pastor Pronto or Faster Pasta? I think Faster Pasta. Uh, I, but I like Pastor Pronto. Yeah, let's put, a, let's yeah. put a copyright on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You never know. It could be um, one of the great companies run by Art Vandelay or something. <laughs> <laughs> we move on now to local cricket, and it's over to Matt. Over to Matt. <laughs> Matt. It's over to Matt, our new guy. <laughs> For a made-up match report. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Thank you, Richard. Um... <laughs> It's a fair so, effort, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so after the 7-hour trek to Bathurst last episode, I decided to attend a game a little closer to home and checked out the grand final in the Central Gippsland Cricket Association. Not that much closer to home, let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> <laughs> the CGCA is an 18 comp consisting of one-day and two-day games. The teams are Mui, Merbu North, Morwell, Yolara North, Thorpedale, Newborough Bulldogs, and our grand finalist, Trafalgar, and the boys from Peter Siddle Oval, Latrobe. Latrobe? Yeah. Mowie Prawns. So the uh, Central Gippsland <laughs> Cricket Association uses the 1v4, 2v3 semi final uh-huh. system, yeah. which led to fourth seed Trafalgar knocking off ladder leaders, Mowie. It always seems to happen. The prawns way. couldn't get it done. And yeah. third place, Latrobe, getting past second place, Merbu North. To set up the third and fourth matchup for the Energy Australia Cup or the Lee Brown Shield. Ooh. Hey. Famous, famous Gippsland boy, Lee Brown. Oh, yeah. uh, despite finishing third, Latrobe side featured comp leading run scorer Anthony Flowers in Bloomfield <laughs> with 538 runs and leading wicket taker Chris Johnson, who finished the year with 39 poles. Is that the Brisbane Superstar? Yes. And three flags. Probably. I don't know. We'll say this. Uh, Trafalgar had their own spearhead, spearhead 
in William the Cheat Italy, who came into finals with 33 wickets beside his name. As I entered the gates of Ted Summit and reserve, ready for what would be a cracking matchup, I overheard Latrobe captain Brendan Julian Evans inform his team won the toss, boys. We are having a bat. All oh, right. He didn't go with the visual. Just... No, he didn't, didn't do those, man. No, he didn't do the old swing the gate back and forth. <laughs> Modern captaincy. Modern captaincy. Yeah. As, uh, as Latrobe. Yeah, very funky. As the trope openers, Anthony Bloomfield and Justin Credible Vala <laughs> made their way to the middle, there was an air of confidence in the Latrobe camp. That confidence was quickly evaporated when Bloomfield was trapped LBW for four. Cut them. Next man in, Matthew Homebrew Brewer, worked <laughs> with Vala to take the score to 54. The wickets continued to tumble at a steady pace to see the Latrobe, Latrobe Valleys bowled out for 99. Chief Destroyer being William, Indian bookmaker Cheatley, taking <laughs> six for 31 off his 16 homers, and Daniel Luke Heathcote, also oh. chipped in with three for 25. The cousin. The cousin. <laughs> Cole, cousin of Luke. As their skipper brought the Latrobe guys together to give them one last pep talk, I prepared myself for the usual run-chase breakdown. Then Brendan Evans flipped the script and gave, gave me this gem. Well, that was shit house. Let's pull out our fingers and roll these pricks. <laughs> Problem was, James Trail Blazer wouldn't be rolled until he had gotten a 98, two runs shy of the elusive grand final ton. A few others chipped in, including Nathan Homer Simpson with 23, (laughs) to help take Travelga to 209, a first innings lead of 110. The leader with the pill for Latrobe being Chris The Rock Johnson, taking six for for 64 off 30 overs, bowling nearly half of the of the overs. Harold hey, uh, Dot. Yeah, not one to shy away from a challenge. Latrobe refused to concede and went out to bat again. Anthony Flowers Bloomfield once again proved that making runs during the season doesn't always mean success in finals, as he left with a dot beside his name. Ooh. It was once again left to Justin getting it down. Vala, who made 47, and Daniel straight up and down Siddle, was looking solid before being run out for eight. Doesn't he know? Yes, yes, no, no, yes, no means no to be heard coming from the change rooms. <laughs> Trafalgar shared the wickets with Jackson, is a surname, not a first name, Noonan, taking the most with three for 26. Latrobe boys managed to get to 154 and setting Trafalgar 44 runs to secure outright victory and the flag. Trafalgar managed to knock off the small target in 12 overs, losing only two wickets, and secured the 2015-16 Energy Australia Cup. I'd like to take this time to give a special shout-out to the crocodile Stephen Freshwater, (laughs) who batted seven in the first innings, ten in the second innings, didn't bowl and took a catch. But I've been told he brings a lot to the change room, so yeah. that's all right. Mm. On to the mid-off podcast man of the match and the year's supply of groceries from Tuckerbag. <laughs> this match's winner is William, illegal pitch information cheatly, <laughs> for his 6 for 31 in the first innings that were set up the victory. From fourth to the flag, well done, Trafalgar, and that is this episode of the Made Up Match Report. That's ah, yes. <clears throat> Thank you, Mick. That was good. That was very good. Mm. Uh, well, to follow on from that, we head over to In the Corner with Alex. Okay, so I'm going to um, 
in, I'm going to, it's going to be a little bit of a mix-up uh, segment here today, boys, so I'm going to do a bit of a ground report on Yorkshire, but first I'm going to talk about one of my favourite Australian cricketers, Mike Whitney. Now, a little thing's come across my desk this week about what Mike Whitney's up to at the moment. Does anyone know what he's up to at the moment? Is he, so he's, he's getting around shopping centres, going up to people. I'll give you fifty bucks if you can catch an egg. No. Oh. Yeah, if you're going to eat this maxi ball in four seconds, you'll get fifty bucks. It's a very long time. So we all know his history of gladiators. Sure. Yeah, Challenger, you will go off Mike's whistle. Yeah. Tower, you will go off my whistle. Tanya's nipples or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and uh, also the uh, Who Dares Win stuff. But now, since um, Mike... <laughs> Jesus Christ, Ross. Ross lost it. <laughs> he has lost it. So, did it, Mike Whitney's um, written two books. Can anyone guess what they're called? Oh, um, one, one would be Tall Tales and Tide Tests or something. Uh, tight Tips, Tall Tales. <laughs> Who Dares Lids. Tight Tips. <laughs> That's one of Max Walker's famous books. Tight and tight. So, first book is called Quick Wit. Is it a joke book? I don't know. And can anyone guess what the second book's called? Fuck Wit. All out. Oh, that's brilliant, Mick. Quick Wit, the second. Witticisms. And they tried for a third book at Wit's End, but just they didn't get through the writer's block. Yeah, exactly. So. I heard they wanted to call it Belland, but I don't know. Oh, really? Oh, you got me again. What Mike's doing at the moment is the Mike Whitney Band. What? Say that again. The Mike Whitney Band. What what sort of music? Folk? Uh, 90s and modern music covers. Oh, so they're not like wrist bands, like the Lance Armstrong bands. (laughs) No. No, No, a musical band. Uh, An ensemble. So he got together with an old mate, a a budding bass player. They used to play music back in the day. Garage grunge. Now they play modern classics such as... uh, April, Southern Cuba, or whatever that song is called. <laughs> uh, Dragon Classics. Um, Get a How's That from Sherbert. Oh, yeah, of course. Any really cricket-related song. Yeah. Yeah. And one, one famous song from Six and Out, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, 10CC, We Don't Like Cricket, We Love It, Oh, It's Brilliant. Yeah. So, Holiday, I believe that song's called. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So um, they are entrenched in the Sydney um, cover band music world. So if you want them there for hire... Head out to Paddington. The Captain Spaulding of Sydney. Captain Spaulding, yes. I get a band in Melbourne. Oh, right. So they can be found at the Bondi RSL and all. Oh, Rudy Hill RSL, they're all over it, mate. Yeah, Norwich. Coming to a good leagues clubs near you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so ready to entertain you with classic hits through to the current top 40. That's what they play, apparently. Yeah, right. There's one clip of them playing on YouTube, and they're singing April Sun in Cuba. Oh. Whoa. Yeah, it's well, fantastic. We yeah. A bit of dragon. Oh, yeah, so, mm. so now that inspired me to have a bit of a musical introduction to my usual segment, guys. Well, please do. So, <clears throat> now if I think I'm Couldn't be any on. worse than last week. <clears throat> you speak too soon, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you, silence, please, guys. If you need guys. a second there, Alex, I've got a little yes. story about another cricketer from that era. I don't need a second, so we'll move on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go, fellas. 
in Alex's corner with who? It's me, it's Alex! In Alex's corner, it's the best part of the show. Okay, so, Yorkshire this week, fellas. Um, specifically, Headingley and Carnegie in Leeds. So it used to be called Headingley Bass Ground. Does everyone like that uh, musical interlude? Oh, I'm bass it out your ass. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll come up with a better one next week. Hopefully I'll write some music um, on the piano to accompany me. I'm still reeling from that. Play him off, keyboard cat. Play him off. <laughs> <laughs> so specifically talking about Yorkshire CCC, and that stands for Yorkshire Chargers Cricket Club, Club, of course. Did we talk about them last week? No, we talked about uh, Kent. Oh. So... Um, yes. That was a kent of an intro. Oh. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. So the colours of Yorkshire, everyone, is Oxford blue, Cambridge blue, and gold. And periwinkle blue. And the crest of Yorkshire is a white rose of Yorkshire. So Yorkshire are one of the, or the most successful county cricket club. They've won 32 county championships over the years. They've, they've come reasonably late to the county circuit. They were founded in 1863, so cool. it's probably 100 years um, after one of Baby the boomers. after one of the least successful county mm, cricket grounds that we've yes that we've covered previously. No, so Richard Kent's North Ends. Yeah. yeah, the patron is her Majesty, her Royal Highness the Duchess of Kent, yep. is a patron of the Yorkshire mm-hmm. Cricket Club, um, and the president as of 1997, which the Wisden did I do that right? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. the Wisden book says was Sir Lawrence Byford, CBE, QPM, LLB, DL, LBGT. Yes, <laughs> and I think the DL means Duckworth Lewis, so he's a kind of assistant. Um, the uh, groundsman at the time is uh, Kyle Rolls Boyce, and as we know, grounds, groundsmen never leave their job, so he's still the current Yeah, groundsman. it absolutely is. Um, so, yes, yeah, so they've been there since um, uh, 1863. Uh, the capacity of the Headley Carnegie ground in Leeds, which is uh, 50 k's northwest of Manchester, if anyone was wondering, I wasn't. Um, 17,000. And the um, highest uh, record crowd there was 44,000 versus Lancashire in 1948 over three days. So they had about 15,000 there. Okay, yeah. Yep. Um, they've won so many county championships, I will not read out the uh, years too they won much. won last year too, I believe. Uh, they had yes. a bit of a drought through the 90s, actually. Huge turmoil. They finished on the bottom and all the old stores. There was upheaval, there was... And special general meetings, getting rid That's of the board. That's why Jason Gillespie's there now. Ah, yes, because I was shit for so long. There was emails from parents to the coach about yep. why the son wasn't getting a game. Yep. <laughs> Every week. All the standard yep, stuff. Yep. Yep. Constant phone calls. Yep. <laughs> um, so the ends, guys. As usual, we, we ask you guys what the ends are. Can I have a look at the... I reckon... No, you can't. That, um, the Headingley... Is um, back to back like the SCG and the Sydney Football Stadium. I reckon there's a Correct. league ground right behind it, and I reckon the, one end might be the football ground end or something like that. Uh, stadium end? Yes, the football stand end. I'm going oh, to give you that one. From, if I know my history of the Headingley Ground correctly, I think at one end there's a church that's been standing there for about 200 years. Correct, Mick. Yeah, Correct. and in this church is a rather large steeple. <laughs> yes. And within the steeple, there's a very large bell, and it's called the bell end. Unfortunately, no, I don't know why they didn't move it after the bell in that large steeple. Is it the Quasimodo end? <laughs> is it the, the tintinabulation end? <laughs> no, that's not right over my head. Right? Is it, is it, bell ringing. The, uh, railway, the railway end? 
No, it's the Kirkstall Lane end, because why it backs on the Kirkstall Lane? Yeah, yeah that's the lane the church is on. Yeah. Yeah, so... With the bell. Yeah. A couple of famous cricketers have come out of there. Jeffrey Boycott, of course, both of them as well. Now, both Boycott... from um, uh, Somerset. He, he played a little Yorkshire. bit towards the end of his career yeah, okay. at um, yeah. Yorkshire. Michael Vaughan. He had a he had a bomb yeah. at Somerset because he and Viv Richards and Joel Garner all played there together and they refused to pay him or something, so he left. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think Glenn Maxwell played for Yorkshire as well, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Aaron, F- Aaron Finch is there currently. Uh, yeah. No, he's at Surrey. He was at um, Yorkshire oh, last year. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, he facts right, Paul. Fuck off, kid. can't do, mate. Um... So, the leading run scorer um, for... Boycott. No. Oh, really? Yeah, Boycott got about 20,000 runs for him. He's Mo- straight. Michael Vaughan. No, I no chance. The leading run scorers are always someone who's played around 1900s. To tend to tie boo. Yes. Correct. <laughs> um, 24 runs at one. <laughs> who is it? Herbert Southcliffe, who played oh, from sorry. 1919 to 1945, with a grand total of 38,558 runs and an average of 50. Unbelievable. With about 58 tons. Because they, call, they called him the Yorkshire Ripper for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they called him the Yorkshire Pudding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Wilfred Godsey run machine. I thought he was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course I was. Yeah, yeah just just had this insatiable, um, you know, appetite, needs, for, appetite runs. for runs. Yeah, just and like Steve points. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> He's, the big he was fat the bastard. forerunner to Robert Key. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the leading wicket taker was Wilfred Jonty Rhodes. Uh, with he played from eighteen ninety eight to nineteen thirty. Not Wilfred Dusty Rhodes. No. Um, Long career, Alex. Long yes, career. huge career. They all had huge careers. All played in the mid to late 40s. Mm. And he took 3,597 wickets and an average of 16. Jesus. Unbelievable. Yep. Um, and the most wicket-keeping dismissals, Bull, you'll be intrigued to this. So Holy grouse. David Hunter. Oh, Hunty. Yep, he played from 1888 to 1909. 1,186 dismissals with 863 caught and 323 stumpings. That's, That's cute. That's a lot of stumpings. Yes. They, they're renowned for their spinners, Yorkshire. Mm-hmm. Always produced good spinners because they had good local leagues that were, were on the same page. There was no infighting back in the day anyway, but the local leagues, and it was all Yorkshire-born cricketers. They never brought anyone in. Yes. They they're quite, they're quite parochial people. even now about mm. Yorkshire. Well, like. it's interesting. It's a bit of a juxtaposition because they were all very all only Yorkshire-born, but their first captain um, was Lord... Let me have a look here. Alfred pretty, Hayes? Yes. No. That's what gets me. Lord Hawke, who wasn't from Yorkshire, no. which is interesting. And he captained for 30 years. I'm mm. surprised it wasn't Lord Alfred Hayes because he was a wrestling commentator in the 1980s. So. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, always with wrestling... Um, <laughs> It's a uh, cricket podcast. Yeah, exactly. No, sorry. And the most capped England player is, of course, Jeffrey Boycott with 108 tests. Mm. So he played there from 62 to 82. Yep. And their biggest rival, Gin, is? No Jeffrey idea. Boycott. Lancashire, right next oh. door. Uh, okay. Freddie Flintoff's team. is in Lancashire. The Shearer. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. Cool. So um, Lord Hawke, who is um, a very dominant figure, and turned the club around, joined in 1883, he um, stressed professionalism and good cricketing attire and got everyone on board. And it was uh... so they wore suit pants to the game. Uh, and yes, they did. And when when the um, when they went off for tea, they jogged off the ground. <laughs> so just to show the opposition that they were fitter than them and they would come out and win. So <laughs> yes. So when um, Hawke 
Hawk often, Lord Hawk often said when he first went there, there were ten drunks in a chapel passing, and he wasn't even ordained. <laughs> so he turned around what and... What about the cricket team? What were they like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he turned them around and very professional, and they've always been very professional and had this fighting spirit. There was a Yorkshire spirit. So they're like shin bones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, not like shin bones because they're all like. No, they're not. They're not, they're not like shin bones because they won shit. <laughs> so they didn't have a good bloody spirit. They actually won stuff. Yeah, yeah right. They like horses. Exactly. Yeah. So the um, Yorkshire ground is quite picturesque, as you said, Ross. It backed on the uh, rugby ground. They've played rugby there pretty much since the inception. So Yorkshire moved there because of the. Uh, Yorkshire uh, Cricket and Rugby Sporting Association, which still owns the ground in Kent, which is very interesting. So they've owned that for over 200 years. Is it? It's not yeah, I think it is. Oh, uh, sorry. Um, Leeds. Yeah, Leeds. Sorry, I'm getting mixed up. And what's up. the name of the rugby team that play next door? Leeds? Leeds Rhinos. Oh, the rhinos. Yeah, Even I've heard of them. They're, they're known for the uh, rhinoceroses that often wander through the yeah. streets of Leeds. Or, yes, yeah. yes. Or they're all built like rhinos. Well, that too. Yeah. Here we go, in yeah, Oh, just a fun fact here about Geoffrey Boycott. He scored 151 centuries, and he did score his 100th century at Yorkshire ah, good against thing. Australia from memory. Ah, right. Yes. Good so that was a done. big thing. Uh, we're not done. We're just going to go through a few little extra things. The best um, wicket taking was 10 for 10, mm-hmm. taken at the ground, which is amazing. Um, and Verity, the famous um, English bowler, got that. 10 for 10. Um, unbelievable, right? <laughs> okay, fair enough. We'll wind it up. Um, just how to get there, Ross. Oh, so M1. by rail. M1. Yeah, for, yeah Headingly. Leon, Leon's had enough. Yeah. Is, that the, is that the Leon Claxton? Yeah, <laughs> we get a Leon Claxton, I know when to stop. <laughs> so it's about half a mile from Leeds Central on the Headingley line. Uh, yeah, Ross. Yeah. Uh, from the bus, you grab the Yorkshire Rider, number 77 to 74. And then you link it BR Leeds Central. <laughs> David Bond's giving me the worst look. So that's it. That's uh, In Alex's Corner with who? It's me, it's Alex. In Alex's Corner. And that was the best part of the show. Alright. That um, was my rap outro. We'll, we'll let the listeners be the judge of that, of your new segment, In the Corner, with Alex. Yes, it's the best part. Is it a new segment show. or just a new name? It's a new, new name, name, so I could do a re-badging. A re-badging. It's like when people put Chryslers on the holdings. Put the Chrysler back. Now, as I was cut off before, I'll tell you now about Joe Scuderi, state cricketer from the early 90s. Yep. It's not Joe the cameraman. No. Joe Scuderi, played for South Australia. He now has a band. He lives in the UK. Uh-huh. Yeah, so there's someone, same era as Mike Whitney. He's also in a band. Yep, I haven't waited for that story, mate. Yep. Fun fact, he's also the coach of the Italian national cricket team. Yeah, right. Old skid marks himself. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Right, we move on now to state cricket. And uh, there's a bit of news around the traps. A few signings in the BBL going on. <laughs> A little bit of a uh, broken childhood friendship. Friendship yes. of 40 years broken. Yep. Brad Hogg has shifted away from the Perth Scorchers to the Melbourne Renegades. Yep. And Justin Langer has given him a little drive-by. Oh, a little. A patented Justin Langer drive-by. Yeah. He said, we've been late since school. We offered him more money. I don't know why you would offer him more money. He's not getting any better. Yeah, exactly. And he left. So there you go. 
just so long as never met a microphone he didn't like, has oh, he? Oh, no. no. He's really taken to this sort of idea of, oh, look, I'm a coach now, I can spout off about anything. Yeah, and just block yeah. anyone. Well, yeah. I'd like, I would, like, it does intrigue, like, what is Hoggy's reasoning, but. Well, I reckon that Spondulous, the would have given him two years. Yeah. Oh, okay. Perth would be going one year at a time. Yeah. So he's uh, smart, and he's yeah. going, well, I need two. I'll take mm. two if I'm given two. Yeah. Well, what I get is if Perth were prepared to pay him more money, why wouldn't you just give him two years then? That's right. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, don't know. I don't know. List management, Mick. I'm not over it. Yeah, but then Langer, then Langer can abuse him in the media for like two years instead of just yeah. this one time. And say so he's stunting the development of young cricketers by selling yeah. wanting two-year contracts and stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. There's heaps of stuff he could drive oh, by. Heaps more, there's heaps more uh, media opportunities for Langer if he keeps him on board, keeps him on board. Yeah. Anyway... Um, Another interesting thing happened in Victoria. David Saker has taken up the Australian bowling position. The goatee himself. After telling them all to get fucked. Really? <laughs> yeah. So that's interesting because that means Victoria will be looking for a coach. Darren Berry, Ross. Yes, that's the whisper I heard. The drums were beating out the name. Yeah. Oh, Dre, he got the chop, didn't he? Yeah, from Saka. Uh, yeah. Did he get the chop or did he leave? Uh, a, bit a bit of both, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. So Told to leave, sort of thing. But uh, wasn't Barry assistant coach at uh, Sydney Sixers, so he won't be able to do that. No. He might become the coach of the Renegades. Renegades, perhaps. Yes. Wasn't he? Hasn't he been at the Renegades before? Mm, mm. No, I think he was strikers. Strikers, yeah. Mm. Oh, of course. Okay, yeah, of course, yeah. But um, I'm worried. Um, there's a lot of complaints when Saker was bowling coach of England that he wrecked um, that Finn. Steve Finn. Yeah, yeah. And he did nothing to help any of them. And he looks yeah, like I, really, I think... He looks really dumb. It worries yeah. me. Oh, it does look dumb. I think, I think, Steve, I think the biggest <laughs> problem with Steve Finn was that he's English and he's Steve Finn. Yeah. Um, that, that was probably didn't help him either. Yeah, he can't yeah. play the game, didn't he? Yeah. I thought the uh, no ball when you tap the bail thing killed him, though. Because he used to knock it heaps yeah. of times. Adam Dale style. Yeah. That mm. didn't help him, that's for sure. Yeah. He had to jump sideways in his action, which he still yeah. does today. Yeah. But that it is in... That and having a pee heart, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is an interesting development. So is this purely just because Dizzy didn't want the job, or...? Yeah, it's, well, they were looking for someone, and Adam Griffiths was the other option, I think, so they went for oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, fair Just enough. for the sake of it. Interesting timing, because it means that Saker <laughs> missed out on the junket. You know, yeah, oh, it'd be wild. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Sake looks like he loves a pillar highlight. Yeah, he? Just yeah. loves a little... Everyone loves a junket, Ross. Yeah, mm. he, was, he was looking forward to Miller Chills at the third base or whatever it was. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> I reckon he'd be a permanent coke man myself. Yeah, in, in Bakers somewhere. Oh, yeah. I would start bourbon too. Yeah. Just the cheapest to the cheap. Doesn't the matter big what it is. Big 440 mil. Big 440 mil. No ice. No ice. <laughs> Shitty milk coke. Don't care. That's all right. <laughs> uh, very true. Um, mm. I hear also that uh, one of our cast members is going to Vegas soon to um, have a bit of a sit down with the mayor of the city to um, talk about building Warney's cricket ground there. Yeah, no, that's true. I've, uh, I've been in talks with the mayor of Las Vegas. Um, and we're, we'll be chatting about all things uh, cricket while I'm over there. Um, 
Certainly not a holiday, um, that's no. for sure. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> no, absolutely not a junket. So it'd be serious business. I'll report back and let you know how I go. He's yeah. given you a few drink carbs, I believe, for the casinos. For... Yeah, yeah, water mostly because oh, obviously right. I, I'm so there business. working. So yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yep, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, one thing that's making my blood boil. Oh, here we go. Oh, the schedules. Cricket oh, here he goes. Right. Oh, no. It's, it's 11 weeks and two days until the Matador starts, by my calculations. And mm-hmm. there's, still no schedule, there's still no fixtures out. When should they be out, Ross? Like, uh, in a perfect world. Probably, well, when they did the BBL ones about eight weeks ago, they could have been yep. out. All right. Um, I think they're doing a, a strategic media release. And if Australia lose the first test in Sri Lanka, then they're going to... You know, put the message out of here's the shield fixtures to uh, yeah, okay. paper over the cracks. Yeah, exactly. Not sure how many people are interested in the shield fixtures. <laughs> Just you, I think. Right? Yeah, it'll certainly yeah. cover over in a big. And maybe the players, but I don't, don't think they care about it as much as well, you. Well, we're the only media identities who a talk about the shield yeah. and b talk about Australian tests when they played overseas. Mm, yeah, well, exactly. that's true. Outside of England. Yeah. Yes, so that's true. So look, when as soon as we get them, we might even have an emergency podcast to tell people <laughs> fixtures around. <laughs> you could do that one on your own, mate. Yeah, that yeah. might just be me in the booth. Hey? The monologue. The I think I think it's wheat might suffice. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Matador, obviously, mm. everyone's um, holding their breath to see if they do the Perth um, uh, and Adelaide thing that they promised they might do a few years ago. Oh, no, baited breath, mate. You got more hope of Alice Springs and Cairns. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Anyway, that's a wrap of state cricket. Comprehensive. Mm, no, definitely. We're the ones doing state cricket. Mm. <laughs> no doubt about it. Mm. Put it in a pipe and smoke it. Mm. <laughs> it's over to Mick for the expressway. Alrighty. So, um... Before I discuss this week's latest cricketer to join me for a trip up down the express line, I'd like to touch on uh, a cricketer that was mentioned last week as a possible candidate for this segment, and that was Phil Jakes. Unfortunately, Filthy Phil has played 11 tests and 6 ODIs, Ooh, taking him to 17 point. games, so over the 12-game and under limit. So um, this you, could have, you could have gone down the express lane in your trolley and barged through and told people you're in a yeah, hurry. Yeah, that's that is very true. <laughs> so this situation I find personally rather disappointing, but mm. rules are rules. But to ensure that we don't miss out on the comedy gold of nicknames and puns I had planned, I'll quickly <laughs> rattle them off now. <laughs> so first I've got Phil, my crotch, Jakes. Uh, oh, yeah, good. Like yeah, you got it, it good? Yeah, Phil, Jakes... Callus's hairpiece. That's <laughs> <laughs> shocking. Phil McCracken Jakes. Yeah, it's a good yeah, one. Standard. Phil Jakes Kesto. There you go. One. Uh, Little sign. Class joke. half Phil Jakes. <laughs> <laughs> Optimist. Phil Jakes in the box. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Jakes of all trades. And fill her up, Jakes. <laughs> As you come into the survey. All right. So now after that champagne comedy, I'm going to move on to this episode. It's going to be express lane. Yeah, that was good. Vic. And the man to take the man I'm going down the express lane with uh, this week is Brad Young. Mm. Oh yes. So Brad, yeah, mm. Bradley Evan Young was born in Adelaide on the 23rd of February, 1973. Reports that his mother couldn't hear the doctor over the noise of the nearby Adelaide Oval's crowd could not be confirmed. 
so Young and the Restless was a left arm orthodox spinner <laughs> and an aggressive lower order bat. Uh, he made his first close. He made his first class debut for South Australia in 1996. After two fruitful seasons, Young and Jacksons found himself <laughs> in the hunt for a berth in the Aussie ADI team. And on January the 18th, 1998, Brad, not old, would become the <laughs> 138th player to play one-day cricket for Australia. <laughs> 138. Young will go on to play six ODIs for Australia, taking a solitary wicket. Oh, oh to, to give him an average of 251 Jeez. with the ball. <laughs> well, better. Semi. <laughs> yeah. His international career came to a crashing end in January 1999 when he slid into an advertising board whilst fielding. Uh, yeah, which saw him carried from the field before he had bowled a ball and eliminated his chance of pushing his average out past 300. <laughs> <laughs> did, he, um, did he cut his knee open or was it uh, a, like a... Oh, you know what? I could not find much information on this bike. Yeah. But, yeah. It's, um, it's, I've seen it on YouTube. He, he needed reconstruction after yeah. it. Oh, shit. So Brad Young also held the record for the most deliveries needed by an Australian ODI player to claim his first wicket. 201. Jesus. A record which was recently, in 2013, broken by none other than the big show, Glenn Maxwell. (laughs) So Brad, you're only young once, was also a member of the 1998 Commonwealth Games Australian cricket team, which took home the silver medal. The highlight for young being a hat trick against the sheep shagging Care Bears of New Zealand. Hmm. Now, some of you out in podcast land might be saying, Mick, you said Young only took one wicket, so how'd he take a hat trick? To you, I say, how the fuck did you get in the studio? <laughs> <laughs> and secondly, all matches of the Com game were classed as list A games, not ODIs. On his retirement at the end of the 2002-2003 season, Young and Dumb had played 54 first-class games for SA, Taking 114 wickets at 44.71. Jeez. How the fuck did he keep getting a game? Yeah. But um, Peter McIntyre also... retired, I think. Yeah, okay. Because they started off as the Spin Twins in town. Yeah. Uh, and they had no Dan Cullen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He wasn't quite yeah. on the scene yet. Yeah. He was still cultivating his electric shock hairdo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's <laughs> too busy sticking his single forks in electric. Just couldn't quite get there. The, uh, the um, hair-like buttered popcorn look. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Brad Young also finished his uh, first-class career with a top score of 122 with the bat. Now, this would be the time where I'd wrap up the express lane and have one last drive-by to bloke who's achieved hell of a lot more in cricket than I ever or will achieve. But not one to go quietly into the night, Brad, only the good die young, would come out of retirement in 2012, almost a decade after his final first-class game. The Adelaide Strikers would throw Young a lifeline after an injury to the regular spinner, John... They wear clogs in Holland. (laughs) He will play five games for the Strikers, taking five wickets before retiring again and heading back out into the wilderness that is Adelaide Turf Cricket. And that is this this episode's trip down the express line. Very good. Very good, Mitch. Jeez, so... He was actually he was actually a really tough one to find anything on. Mm. Pretty low profile. Yeah, yeah like his um his cricket 
Um, his quick info profile didn't have much. I couldn't find any articles about his injury to find out exactly yeah. what happened. Because that would have been one of the injuries that stopped the yeah. that put the rope in. Yeah. Right? yeah. So pretty much, um, the only real article I could find was about his comeback, and even yeah. then there wasn't really much written about it. So it was a very interest. It was a it was an interesting cat, but there wasn't really much info on him. So. <laughs> Mm. I remember him. He used to bowl with his glasses on. I remember. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. Really every cool. every fight I've seen with him, he's got big wraparound over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speed dealers. The the original Dean Jones sonnies. Yeah. yeah. Fifteen years after. <laughs> uh, he uh, he's an interesting one. He always had the like number two haircut all over. Yep. Go. Mm. <laughs> yep. No, certainly I remember him well. Oh, thanks, Mick. Another very informative uh, trip down the express line. Thank you. Toot. Okay. Yeah, toot, toot. 12 items or less. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to sing the song again, guys? No, no. We move okay. on now to our next segment with David. It's time for The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. Yeah, thank you, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I even gave him. Yeah, a couple of seconds. Yeah. Uh, thank you, you for that, Ross. No worries. I, I gave you a couple like of seconds to play this sticker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave him a couple of seconds to play this stinger. It wasn't forthcoming, so I started to launch it to this diatribe. The beauty of that stinger is it starts in almost silence for the first four or five seconds. Oh, oh, great. Well, yeah. like all good stingers. Like professional podcasting stingers. All right, so it's time for the good, the bad, the ugly. I'm taking a few blokes down this week. Oh. Uh, well, one bloke in particular is going down. John Inverarity. No, well, uh, not quite. He's a favourite target of the show, yes. though. Um, so first we'll start with the good, um, and I'm not sure if you guys, uh, as it slid across, um, well, it slid across mine and Mick's shared desk at the Jollymont uh, offices for the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Yeah, rather than the top four. We have to share one because we're the two lowly jippers of this show, and yeah. no one wants to sit with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm in the uh, penthouse suite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the railroad. Yeah. Um, you were down Brunswick um, Street. Are you talking about the offices we have in the Mid-Off Cricket Towers? That's right, yeah, yeah in Jollymont there, yeah. yeah. Jollymont Hill, yeah. Jollymont. Yeah. So the fact that it's still under our door, I think potentially it just comes straight out of the printers at Cricket Australia who are hot, next door. Hot off the hot, press. Hot, hot off did the they, press. Did they um, accidentally link their Wi-Fi to the wrong remote printer? Well, I think it was it was slid <laughs> under our door by John Buchanan accidentally. Oh, okay. He'd found the wrong office, as he's yeah. tend to do. Well, there's yeah. there's a few deep bullocks in the uh, Cricket Australia <laughs> office. Right. Yeah, so yeah. He wasn't sure which one, just chucked it under all of them. So my good for the week is um, the $4 million over four years to grow the women's game at the grassroots level. Yes. Um, so it's a good, but it comes with a tinge of bad. Well, what's the bad? Well, it's $4 million over four years, so a million dollars a year. Yes. Wouldn't Cricket Australia make a lot more than a million dollars a year? Yeah, it's a bit, yeah, it seems a bit light. So it seems like, um, look, I'm doing it, or we're doing it, but yeah. we're not really putting everything into it. So, yes, yeah. but it is good because finally some money is going into the game, but I think we could have had some more. It's true. Um, the bad, now this could have been ugly, uh, and it almost was ugly until I'd read a quote. The bad is the Muraliferin Warren Trophy. Oh. <laughs> oh, I know Mick has that during the week. I know. Vic has uh, a lot to say about this trophy, so I just wanted to bring it up and then open up the air 
for for Hurricane Corinthians <laughs> to come through the and give us some thoughts. Give oh, us the thoughts tro- on the, the trophy. The winds are picking up, fellas. Yeah. Oh, look at the hatches. Oh. Here he comes. <laughs> just, that is so fucking ugly. It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's the, the worst. And then, like, then you look, I looked at it. The photo, so I was the one who put the photo up on our Facebook yeah. page as well. And then you look at it. And the rocks in there look like they're like being used at training mm. down at like fucking it is a Sri Lankan West um, <laughs> Laverton for three for three years. <laughs> the gravel at West like they just like to put new rocks in there. Like come on, <laughs> like it's that. Hard? They're probably like used. They're probably five for boys used by both. Like some ridiculous it's like tokenistic more thing. He took his seven hundredth test wicket. Really. Yeah, yeah, because you wouldn't have that at home. home. Like. No. A, Above his bed when he jerks off. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's in the mirrors above his bed. Like all his balls all are in the mirror. All he's got above his bed is mirrors. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's that one green ball in the middle. Yeah. And that way when the girls go, oh, what's that? He goes, oh, well, I took this. Look at the egg. Yeah. Then he has the gadding ball on his bedside table. So I was like, talk about that as well. Hey, Ross. Yeah. Yes. I have a question for you. I know we don't, we're don't. we not doing Cricket Rewind quiz because it's on a sabbatical yeah. after you murdered it um, yeah. so badly. Gardening leave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I've just got a quick question for you, Ross. Mm. Who was the current Pakistani player who's been done for uh, match fixing? Mohammed Amir. There you go. Thank oh, you. I didn't yeah. know his name. So thanks for that. Right. So I had to ask you. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read you a quote. This is the ugly, right? I'm going to read you a quote here. By Mohammed Amir. No, no. Uh, I'll tell you who it is at the end. If you cheat the system, either by taking drugs or money to underperform, then you are mugging the spectators. It goes on. By taking drugs or devaluing your sport by taking bribes, there can be no way back. There should be no second chances. Uh-huh. All right? Yeah. Yep. Let, that, let yep. that sit in for a little yep. bit. That was about Mohammed Amir, uh-huh. the Pakistani player who's made his comeback uh, this test, after yeah. being in prison for two years um, for match fixing. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Peterson said that. Uh-huh. Right. Yes. I'll read it again. No second chance. By taking drugs or devaluing your sport by taking bribes, there can be no way back. Mm-hmm. KP, brother, your best mate Shane fucking Warren, who was a drug cheat. Yes. Yes. That's true. I wonder where you're linking that. Yeah, I'm I know. I was going to say, did he take drugs? Yeah. He's happy for Shane Warne to make a comeback yeah, yeah. and Muhammad take a billion Amir. wickets after his comeback, but all of a sudden Muhammad Amir can't yeah, come back. Exactly. So if it's if it's good for one, it's then it's good for, for everyone. Exactly. All right? He's done his time. Yes. He had his ban. Went yeah. to prison. Yeah, exactly. You can, you can eat, look, because we will have in this podcast differing views on this, I'm sure. No, the I'm not sure what it should be, whether it should be a lifetime ban or not, but the fact that he served his time, regardless of whether you think that time yeah. is enough, I don't think you should be going, oh, blah, 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 and yeah. having a crack at him or the Pakistani cricket ball for picking him. He's done his time according to the law. Yeah, that's right. The law, not just cricket ICC rules, the law. Yeah. So I think you've got to let him play. And yeah. especially if you want to hang out the arse of a cheat... Yeah, right. It was, no, it's not an alleged cheat. He was done yeah, some yeah. drugs. Yes, exactly. Um, whether that was right or wrong, or whether it's a performance-enhancing drug or not, mm. still, if he's your best mate, you've got to still have the words against KR and Shane Warne. Exactly. So that's, that's the good, bad, and the ugly. That's a Shane Warne heavy good, bad, and the ugly. Mm. Wow. So KP, food, food for thought, Ross. So oh, KP wants mm. 240s wickets taken off his record. Yes. I reckon, I reckon the Marmot Amir thing, because he's left arm quick, mm-hmm. Chop his left arm, chop his left hand off, 
And if he learns to bowl right-handed good enough to get picked again, then he can come back. <laughs> well, they've got history of doing that in Pakistan. They? <laughs> they just chop off limbs when you're in a bit of trouble over there. Is that right? I Who knows? Just, yeah. I think you're getting confused with uh, Saudi Arabia. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. No. Different mm. countries. Interesting, but, interesting topic, David. Mm. <clears throat> a worrying <clears throat> trend. <laughs> 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 I'm swearing someone just going wah wah wah. Yeah. Sounds like a Hungry Jacks commercial. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ross. Oh, it's a great song. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for that, Ross. No Every problem. Week. We move on now to National Team Talk. Mm. And um, I saw Nathan Lyon giving the thumbs up to say that he'd got onto first class on a plane. Yeah, just a common man, no Nate Lyon, just there with the common folk, just your average Joe Blow, salt of the earth type. What do you reckon his job was before he was a cricketer? Was he was a woodchopper? I think he collected trolleys. Was he a postie? I think he might have been a postie. I think he collected trolleys at Coles. (laughs) (laughs) I reckon he ran a lawn mowing business. Oh, he'd love that. He looks like a lawn mower. He does. Looks like he spent a lot of time on the top of a John Deere. Well, the Australian cricket team are finally in Sri Lanka. Yes. Yes. And they played a game of cricket, or so they called it, <laughs> during yeah. the week. There was a game, it was the Bogus 11 versus the Smith 11. I I couldn't cop it, to be honest. I just, uh, I looked at it and I looked away. Yeah. I don't mind it as such, but if you're going to post social media updates about it all the time... It's a, it's a non-event. It's a nonsense, Ross. It yeah. is a nonsense. I put it to you, David, that it's a nonsense. <laughs> There's a little bit too much coverage through Facebook oh. and social media for what was effectively a scratch a centre wicket training yeah. session. Exactly. Like, Vogue just batted three times. Yeah. So it's not like it was... And he kept getting out cheaply because yeah. he was a jipper, so yeah. they had to keep sending him back. Uh, yeah. They're just hoping he can come and bat three times in the test. That's yeah. it. <laughs> well, that's then... The every, Practice like the... you play, Alex. He's going to get three yeah, pieces. exactly. Then whoever's writing the Facebook post is getting excited because Sean Marsh is actually hitting the blokes that bowl to him all the fucking time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, I think the person who does the Facebook, uh, Facebook post is just happy that they're finally out of the country. Yeah. I reckon it might be one of the um, intern jippers and they couldn't get to go to... Um, England or South Africa, so they send them to Sri Lanka. I, I think it's that bloke to... who's always front and centre of the suit. Actually. You reckon it's uh, Ben Dover? So he's doing he's doing that work just to say oh, I've actually done something on tour. See, so look, I've done all these tweets, so now I can just sit at the front of the buddy. Yeah, you raise a fair do, point. It does it definitely does sound like it being uh, Grant Dover's wheelhouse. Where is Grant Dover currently, Ross? Uh, I'm not sure. I thought he was on a study tour. Oh, good. <laughs> Thanks, Ross. <laughs> I think that's... Uh, I imagine... Uh, I would imagine that Grant Dover's somewhere uh, of a tropical variety getting his tan on, so yeah. he looks really good in, on when he's sitting on the balcony. I think one of the um, podcast members is actually going to go meet with uh, Grant Bendover I think uh, in New York next week. Yeah, that's yeah. me. 